Exodus chapter 11, please. Beginning to read at verse 1. <clears throat> and the Lord said unto Moses, Yet will I bring one plague more upon Pharaoh and upon Egypt. Afterwards, he will let you go hence. When he shall let you go, he shall surely thrust you out hence altogether. Speak now in the ears of the people, and let every man borrow of his neighbor, and every woman of her neighbor, jewels of silver and jewels of gold. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Moreover, the man Moses was very great in the land of Egypt, in the sight of Pharaoh's servants, and in the sight of the people. And Moses said, Thus saith the Lord, About midnight will I go out into the midst of Egypt, and all the firstborn of the land of Egypt shall die, from the firstborn of Pharaoh that sitteth upon the throne, even unto the firstborn of the hand, pardon me, the maidservant that is behind the mill, and all the firstborn of beasts. Will you go to chapter 12 with me, please? Let your eye run down to chapter to verse 11. And thus shall ye eat of it, that is the lamb they were to take, with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, your staff in your hand, and ye shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. Now let your eye run to verse 21. Then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said unto them, Draw out and take you a lamb according to your families and kill the Passover. You shall take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in the blood that is in the basin and strike the lintel and the two side posts with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out at the door of the house until morning. The Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians. And when he saith the blood upon the lintel and upon the two side posts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not suffer the destroyer to come in into onto your houses to smite you all. Verse 29 of chapter 12. And it came to pass at midnight, the Lord smote all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh that sat on his throne, unto the firstborn of the captive that was in the dungeon, and all the firstborn of cattle. And Pharaoh rose up in the night, he and all his servants, and all the Egyptians. And there was a great cry in Egypt, for there was not a house where there was not one dead. We know the Lord will bless the reading of his own inspired and divine word and the presence of this people and in public. But let's just bow for a, in a word of prayer for one moment, please. Eternal Father, we thank you for your word. 
And Father, we understand that as we look at your holy scriptures, that they are truth, absolute truth. And so we believe every word you say. We ask you now, Father, that you would send forth your spirit and shut each and every one of us in with thyself. Speak to us. Show us. Lead us. Teach us. Convict hearts of sin and of righteousness and even of judgment to come. We pray, O oh God, tonight if there's one or someone saved in this place this evening, we pray that they would find themselves coming to the cross for forgiveness and cleansing of sin, to be born again of your Spirit. Father, help us. Help us this evening to be able to rightly divide the word of truth. We thank you for the sense of your presence, for the stillness in the air that you bring. Now bring us afresh under the blood. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Moses is told by the Lord to go on to Israel and tell them to take a lamb. The lamb would be set apart and the lamb would be sacrificed. And the blood of the lamb would be put in a basin and hyssop would be taken and dipped in the blood and put upon the doorposts and the door lintels of the house. And the Lord said, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you. Notice there's a time that was given that the Lord would pass through. The time was midnight. Now midnight may not just merely be 12 o'clock in our time, but it means sometime in the middle of the night. And the Lord said, this night I will pass through Egypt. He was passing through in judgment. He was passing through upon the ungodly world of Egypt. He says, but when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And hence we have the Passover lamb and the Passover supper. In fact, Passover this year, 2021, will be March the 27th. We'll be at the sundown on a Friday. And they'll go right through until the Sunday, the 4th of April. That would be what we would call our Easter Sunday. It's Passover Sunday. And of course, that's when we are planning to move in the morning service back into the tent again then to be together one with another in worship. Do you know that in the world that we live in, there is what is called a doomsday clock? on a doomsday time. Did you know that 1945, after the Second World War, the teaching of Einstein and some university uh, professors from Chicago University, they got together to devise some sort of warning clock 
for the state of the civilization of the world and its population. So hence in 1947, we find the Cold War was starting to generate between the United States of America and Russia. And during this time, we find that in 1947, they brought forth what is known as the Doomsday Clock. And it was called the Doomsday Clock from the, or it was made from, or it was invented by the atomic scientists. And so what they do is they get together and they judge things that are happening around the world. For example, they take the various diseases and plagues and famines. They also take political activities from government against government. The size of their armies and the weapons that they're accumulating. They then look at the nuclear warheads that they, which they have and the, the number of tanks and regiments and the aggression one with another or the aggression of many against others. They add all of this up and they look at what they call climate change. And they see and look around at whether the earth has been hotter or colder or wetter whether floods have come or earthquakes, and they put it all together. And through this, they, they work out how close doomsday, as they call it. These are ungodly and unsaved men. And they get together and they realize there's a doomsday coming. And they call it the doomsday clock. Doomsday, they call on the clock Midnight. And when it hits midnight, they say that that is what we call the end of the world. The end of the things that we know it. And in 1947, they looked at the Cold War and the saber rattling already between Russia and the United States. They've seen different wars. Then in 1948, we had the formation of the Jewish Zionist Israeli state and all of the problems that surrounded it, all adding to the doomsday clock. In 1947, coming into 48, they reckoned and put it that the doomsday clock set at something like seven minutes to midnight. Seven minutes to midnight. Now the clock's can go back when things get better. And the clocks can go forward when things seem worse. And it's not even day by day. It can be year by year or even some years. They stay the same. They reckon it is just along the same line. So they keep it the same minutes to midnight. To doomsday. To the end of the world as we know it. To the end of civilization of man. And then going forward into the 60s, we had the Cuban crisis. We had the Vietnam War. And we had the rise of communism. And the kings of the East preparing for war with China. We have India and Pakistan. We have them maintaining nuclear warheads. 
and so on and so on. The world was getting up and down. It was getting worse, then less. The clock was getting closer and then falling back a few hours. Pardon me, a few minutes. Until the furthest the doomsday clock has been away from striking midnight was 17 minutes to midnight. And that was in 1991 because the end of the Cold War had come. The year before, the Berlin Wall had fallen. And of course, there was then the arms treaties between the United States and Russia. And of course, then things seemed to be more out of peace. And so they put it right back. It's the furthest since the doomsday clock has been formulated in 1947. It was the furthest that had been away from midnight. It was 17 minutes to midnight. Coming up to 2019, it started moving close and went into around 8 minutes. Some say it may have even went up as close as 3 or 2 minutes to midnight. But when the coronavirus hit the world in 2020, the scientists saw this as almost the end of civilization. That America was no longer in peace treaties with Russia or any of the, pardon me, arms treaties with Russia. And then, of course, there was the America striking into Syria. There was America going again and being involved with the threatening of the warheads to Iran. And so it gathered and it gathered. Russia in recent years had sent poison into Great Britain. And relationships were strained. And the world was carrying on as though it was just normal and usual until this time last year, coronavirus as we know it, COVID-19 happened to be released. Notice the time that we are at from then until this moment, it hasn't changed. The time at this very moment, on this very evening, as we are speaking, the doomsday clock sits the closest it has ever set since it was formed in 1947. We have never been in their eyes so close to the doomsday midnight cry. Tonight we are sitting at one minute 40 seconds to midnight. Tonight we are sitting at one minute 40 seconds to midnight. Now that is the scientific world warning us of the dangers on the earth among the nations through the peoples 
Here they're saying the world could come into a great catastrophe and so much so that the nuclear warheads are ready to be hit and launched at one another. North Korea, Iran and the land of Israel. We see all around us that there's trouble, wars and rumors of wars. A nation is rising up against nation. And even in and through our so-called Western world, our so-called civilized, peaceful lands, we find that communism and Marxism is throughout, and people think it is normal. People think it is normal how things are in our governments today. And so far, the far liberal left, the elitists are running all of the lobbyist groups and gathering them together against everything and anything that is to do with God's word and our faith in Jesus Christ. The church is sleeping. And the church has went to sleep. We need to wake up, sleepy Christian. Wake up, sleepy Christian, for we are just over a minute to midnight in their eyes. But Christ hath warned us in his word. And he has told us that these things will happen. But he is coming again. The Lord Jesus Christ will come again. And he will take his people unto himself. You may say, what has all this got to do with Moses and the Lamb and what has all this got to do with the blood on the doorposts and on the lintels of their homes and what has all this got to do with the slaying of all the firstborn in the land of Egypt well it has this to do with it because what happened here with Egypt and Israel in Egypt Egypt is a type of the world Pharaoh is a type of the devil here binding God's people. And it has all this to do with it. The cry was to come at midnight. At midnight it would be doomsday, as it were. Doomsday for all who were not under the blood. All who were not under the blood. In chapter 11 and verse 4, it says, And Moses said, Thus saith the Lord, about midnight I will go out into the midst of Egypt, and all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die. Now take note of this. Here Pharaoh, throughout all the plagues, nine plagues, and this is called the tenth, the death angel, throughout all of them, up to chapter 9 in the book of Exodus, he lets God's people go that they might serve him. And then he hardens his own heart. But we're told throughout that in chapter 9, 
He hardens his heart and he hardens his heart and then he won't let them go when he said that he would. And suddenly it says, and God hardened Pharaoh's heart. A vessel of dishonor he was in the purposes of God. Am I speaking to a man or a woman tonight? And you've hardened your heart many times. You've heard the word of God. You've heard the gospel of saving grace. You've heard of the blood of the Lamb. You've heard of a judgment to come. And a fiery pit of hell. You've heard of a heaven began and the hell to shun. You've heard about it. Maybe even touched by it to a certain degree. Then later you've hardened your heart. I spoke to someone not so long ago. At the first lockdown. They sat with one of their loved ones. And they went from Genesis to Revelation through the word of God with them. Their loved one was always hard against God. But with the reality of their mortality. And not knowing where they'll spend eternity. There they started to fear. So they showed their loved one from Genesis to Revelation. So close. God was speaking. So close this loved one came. Until lockdown was lifted. Ah, the world was not going to doomsday then. Their life would not be found in doomsday. And they hardened their heart and said, I don't believe it. Talking to them just a couple of days ago. The Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart. And there was no turning back. Friend, make sure you do not harden your heart until the Lord hardens it for you. For then there's no turning back. Here at midnight, it says about midnight in Exodus 11 and in verse 4. Then in Exodus 12 and verse 29, it came to pass. And it came to pass that at midnight the Lord smote all the firstborn in the land of Egypt. Here at midnight, just like the doomsday clock, We are sitting at 1 minute 40. The world is sitting at 1 minute 40 seconds to doomsday according to them. Friends, your life might be sitting, as it were, at 1 minute 40 seconds to doomsday for you. Notice here in Exodus chapter 12. In verse 12, the Lord says, I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. God is asserting his sovereignty over every god of the imagination of man. And here he says, I will pass through 
Then he says in verse 13, And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. Notice, he didn't say, when I see your Israel, I will pass over you. He says, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. I want to tell you something, friend. God will accept nothing but the blood. We're on the blood all morning this morning. God recognizes nothing but the blood. And God is looking for the blood of the Lamb over your life. Doesn't matter if you say, I am a good living person. He's looking for the blood. I'm a religious person. Doesn't work. He's looking for the blood. Doesn't matter if you were to say, well, you know I go to church. It doesn't matter. He's looking for the blood. You might even say, oh, wait a see, I deem myself as a good cultural Protestant. That means nothing, for he's looking for the blood. Friend, it doesn't matter who you are or what you are. You might say, I'm a loyal son of Ulster. Friend, God isn't looking for that. He's looking for the blood. He will only recognize and accept the blood, the blood of his son, the Lamb of God. Notice here he says, I will pass through, but when I see the blood, I will pass over. He tells us in the scriptures, the blood shall be as a token for you. The word there is, the blood will be like a flag flying from the door lintels and the doorposts. The doorposts would be red with the blood, and he says it will be a token. It's like a, a great light on top of a high crane that's maybe like the ones in Belfast, Samson and Goliath. And there he says, it's like that red light. That's the idea, but it's like the token. It's like the flag that's flying. It's like a banner over us. The blood of the Lamb. For when our midnight comes, whether it's midnight of our personal existence or the midnight of the coming of Christ, he says, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. You know, when we think of Matthew 25, Matthew 25, the Lord Jesus tells the parable of the ten virgins. Five were wise and five were foolish. And the five foolish ran out of oil. The five wise had oils in their vessels and in their lamps. In other words, they were like those who are continuing on walking with God in service, watching and waiting for his return. And the five foolish went to buy oil. When they were away, we're told, and at midnight, notice, and at midnight, here is a midnight cry. It says, and at midnight, there was a cry made. In Egypt, we're told, in midnight at the passing through Egypt, when God passed through there, he passed over the bloodline. 
And there was a great cry in Egypt, we're told. A midnight cry. A doomsday cry. And these five wise virgins were ready and it says, And at midnight there was a cry made. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Speaking of his coming again. Those who were watching and waiting. Those who were ready. Those who were prepared. They're, they're virgins because they're washed white in the blood of the Lamb. With the righteousness of Christ. Strange isn't it how we hear that why there is so much pain on one side. There's so much gain on the other. You know, Romans chapter 11 and verse 22, Paul says, Behold therefore the goodness and severity of God on them which fail severity, but toward thee goodness. Oh, God's just going to let everybody into his kingdom, into his glory. Friend, the Bible doesn't say that. There's a doomsday clock, as it were, in heaven. And there will be a midnight cry at the coming of Christ. And the goodness of God in the face of Jesus Christ. The goodness of God through the blood of the Lamb passes over us in judgment who are saved by grace. And the severity of God falls on them who have rejected the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, friend, doomsday. While the world looks at a doomsday clock, the Bible tells us of a doomsday clock. In Mark chapter 3, in Mark chapter 3, there's a, a telltale sign of how close we are in this period and then this clock. Just let me look at Mark chapter 3, if you turn with me, please. Pardon me, Mark chapter 13. <clears throat> and let your eye run down, please. Verse 28. And you can write 1948 under this. Under this verse. And I learned the parable of the fig tree. When her branches yet tender and putteth forth leaves, you know that summer is near. So ye in like manner, when ye shall see these things come to pass, know that it is nigh, even at the doors. The fig tree was a symbol of Judah, the southern kingdom. Became known as the Jews. The fig tree was their symbol. Remember when the Lord, that last week of his ministry, was going in to Jerusalem, and he went to the fig tree, which looked as though it may have bore fruit, but there was only foliage and leaves upon it. And when he found on, he cursed it, and the tree withered. That was representative of jury of the day. Because they would reject him, full of leaves, full of religion, full of temple worship, 
but nothing to do with God and no fruit. And so it was cursed. And in AD 70, Jerusalem was ravished and racked and the temple ruined and one stone was not left upon another when Titus, the Roman prince, came and encircled it for three years. We're told up to a million Jews died. 1948, the fig tree came back again. Notice, foliage but no national fruit. Look at it again. Now learn the parable of the fig tree. When her branch is yet tender and putteth forth leaves, you know that summer is near. Here the Lord Jesus is saying, the fig tree will be a sign. In other words, it is on the clock. The time is running in for the coming of the Lord. Notice verse 32, just for time's sake, please. He says, but of that day and that hour, knoweth no man, know not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son, but the Father. Take heed and watch and pray, for you know not when the time is. For the Son of Man is as a man taking a far journey, who left his house and gave authority to his servants and to every man his work, commanded the porter to watch. Notice what he tells us. Watch ye therefore, for you know not when the master of the house cometh. Now note, at even, or at midnight, or at the cock crowing, or in the morning. Lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. And what I say unto you, I say unto all. Watch. The fig tree was in 1948. Jerusalem has been a burdensome stone to all nations around about. It has been a cup of trembling to every leader of the world who has tried to bring a peace deal to it, whether it's to add or to divide land. And the Lord has told us, when you see it, you know the time is near. I wonder when heaven's midnight will be for us. Are you ready? Are you saved? I just want to look at one more scripture with you, please. Luke chapter 13. Luke chapter 13, please, in verse 6. And he, pardon me, he spake, the Lord Jesus that is, also this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. And he came and sought fruit thereon and found none. And when he said unto the dresser of the vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down. Why cumbereth it the ground? And he answering said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year also till I dig about it and dung it. And if it bear fruit well, and if not, then after that thou shalt cut it down. Now note verse 10, and he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath day. 
Here again, he's relaying this to the Jews. Notice this man, a certain man, planted a fig tree in his vineyard. The vineyard was a symbol of Israel. The fig tree was a symbol of Judah or the Jews then. Notice this, he says, so in the vineyard of the whole nation, especially now in Judea, and what's known as Jewry, J-E-W-R-Y. Jesus is speaking and he says, there is a fig tree planted and you are it to the Jews. And this man come and sought fruit thereon and found none of it. Then he said to the dresser, that is the father in heaven is the certain man saying to the son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit thereon. Fruit on this fig tree, pardon me, and find none. Cut it down, why cumbereth it the ground? The Lord Jesus Christ preached the kingdom of God, healed the sick, raised the dead, cleansed the lepers, cast out the devils. The Lord Jesus Christ, his perfect, sinless, spotless, impeccable life, walked Judea. And there when he was in Jerusalem, he's telling them, this man is me. For three years, I've been telling you. I've been crying unto you. I've been preaching and teaching you. And there's no fruit from you. You see, they were hardening their hearts. And the father would say, this fig tree, it's cumbering the ground. Put it out and take it away. And he says, but I'm saying, Father, let it alone this year. Year number four. And if it bear fruit well, and if not, then you can cut it down. In the midst of the fourth year, three and a half years, they crucified him. Do you know He was the Passover lamb. Paul tells us Christ our Passover hath been sacrificed for us. Do you know that he was the one who shed his blood? The lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. And do you know that he was as it were set apart. They used to get the Pishach or the Paschal lamb and set it apart for four days. They set it apart for four days. Days. For four days it was penned to the side with its bleating. It would bleat out loud. B-L-E-A-T. It would bleat out and bleat out and everyone knew this lamb set apart is the lamb for the slaughter. It is the lamb which is the Passover lamb. Christ for three and a half years on the fourth day he was set apart a day for a year, and there he was, a Passover lamb. He's saying, get under the blood, for midnight is coming, the midnight cry, when he returns again. Friend, as I close this, I must ask you, And I must ask you again, 
Are you under the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you trusting in the blood of the Lamb? Are you cleansed in the blood of the Lamb? It is upon your door lintels and posts of your heart. Because he says, when I see the blood. He didn't say, when I see how rich or how poor. How well you've done. He didn't say whether you've been good or bad. He says, I'm looking for the blood. God the Father is looking for the blood. The blood of his son. He's looking for the blood applied by faith to the hearts of men and women. We might be near doomsday. And even though the word of God tells us. There will be all these sorts of things that are happening in our world. And darkness will seem to be overtaking. But he tells us. To look up and lift up your head, for your redemption draweth nigh. When he comes, will he be your Passover, or your passing through in judgment? The wages of sin is death. Will it be the pass through of death and judgment? But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Will it be the Passover of life in Christ? The doomsday clock in heaven, as it were, is ticking. We're not sure of how many minutes it is to midnight. We don't know the day nor the hour. The middle of the night could be a season. We don't know. But one thing we do know. Is that you must be born again. And ready. For the coming of the Lord. Draweth nigh. Don't harden your heart tonight. If you're not saved. Don't harden your heart. Don't leave here. With your heart hardened. But rather. Come to Christ. Apply the blood. And be forgiven of your sins. Amen.